Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between Both Cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. I'm emotionally charged right now, and I'm going to take the weekend or the day to think about it. Becca, the egg. She's new to the beauty business, but learning faster than a baby salon. Like, I'm too upset to, like, say anything right now, so I'm just going to go home. And Ashley, a straight, shooting, spicy Italian. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share. Can you hold for a second? What is an 88 bathroom? Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls. No, Kelly Clarkson! Hello, everybody. So... We have another special guest with us today on this week's episode. Her name is Wendy. Her Instagram is at WendyLYN73, and she's the owner of Bear Wax Lounge. Hi, Wendy. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. So excited to have you, Wendy. We haven't ta- we haven't touched base since Vegas over almost a year ago. October. It's gonna no. Is it? Wow. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right? That's right around the corner. Time flies when you're having fun no, or when you're exactly. locked in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, or when you're exactly. locked in. blessed. <laughs> right? And then I just wanted to, Bear Wax Lounge has its own Instagram as well, correct? Um, yes, it does. And what is that? Yeah. So we, all, our listeners can follow that one as well. Um, I, you know, I have to look it up, but the handle I think is just Bear Wax Lounge. Okay, yeah. perfect. Okay, so at Bear Wax Lounge as well. So everyone's still kind of going through the COVID thing. Wendy, you're in California, so you guys are shut down again. Yeah, um, I'm in Santa Clara County. Okay. So we never really were allowed to reopen. Like technically, mm. in July, there was two. There were two days that we were allowed to open prior to being shut down a second time. So my salon never opened because we were planning to open the following week. Um, so it just, we never yeah. got there, but, um, Cause yeah. it's, ne- it's never enough notice that they give you to open right away anyways. Oh man. I was on the edge of my seat for like months waiting mm-hmm. to open. And I think that that had to have been one of the bigger challenges for me was trying to prepare to open without knowing when you could or what the yeah. regulations and rules would be once you were allowed to reopen. No, Absolutely. So, yeah, there were there were a lot of businesses that I know were really upset who did push themselves to get open by that opening date just to be told 48 hours later that they had to shut down. So it was Oh, I can't even imagine how that must feel. Yeah. So quick. So yeah. let's um let's give our listeners and Ashley, because this is the first time that she's meeting you, a background on who you are, your experiences, why you decided to open up your business. Just give us a kind of like a recap when you opened it, all of that stuff. Sure, yeah. So um I have first opened my business um six years ago. Um I have been licensed as a cosmetologist for 15 years. Um didn't care for hair, decided to do skin, then um, worked for a company where they wanted us to do a lot of waxing. And ironically, I didn't want to do Brazilians. <laughs> oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so, this is just like a funny side note story, but I actually did not want to go through my Brazilian training. So I 
had friends and family come in and we would do other services and not do bikini waxes because wow. I was too embarrassed to do them. And um, eventually I was put into um, just my regular role and clients would come in and I had my first Brazilian client and it was the very first Brazilian I had ever done. And I was awful at it. <laughs> <laughs> and so this client naturally complained and I then told the owner and the receptionist, I was like, see, I'm just bad at it. Like, you shouldn't book me for these. And they were like, yeah, good luck. So they continued to schedule me these clients. And I felt so bad about putting these clients in pain that I kept trying to figure out how do I make this situation better for them? Mm -hmm. So I then, you know, eventually had clients who would begin to come back. And so what I would tell myself is I say, geez, I don't suck that bad. I guess <laughs> um, they would come in and I would see them. And eventually I decided, oh my gosh, I love waxing so much. And I even love it more than doing facials. Like facials are very relaxing, but like clients would fall asleep. But I loved the, you know, just the engagement you could have with a client um, sure. during a waxing service and how they would leave and feel like quite the opposite as well um, when I first started and saying that, you know, wow, that was like the best experience I'd ever had. And they'd come in scared and leave feeling empowered and excited and proud of themselves. And it was just so cool to be part of that experience. So I continued to um, develop um, in waxing. Amazing. I love it. And then when did you decide to go out on your own and open up your businesses? Yeah. So in 2009, I worked for a company in Palo Alto, which was the first waxing salon in the Bay Area. And I worked with them for six years and just like continued to love training and training like co-workers and um, people who were um, just part of the field with me. And I had spoken with those owners about potentially branching out with them. And then we just could never reach an agreement. So um, I just felt like the next step for me was to open a business and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I would still say that ignorance is bliss in the sense that um, I just was so excited and had so much passion and drive that I didn't care what, what challenge came in front of me. I was excited to learn and to be easy on myself and to attempt to tackle it. And most of them I, I did, you know, not always with grace that I tried. Right. So you've had your, you have two locations in the Bay area, uh, bare la wax lounge, right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So what was the most challenging part of opening up the business when you did? Oh man, I would have to think, but I would say that managing people has been <laughs> what do you mean you didn't want to be a babysitter of adults <laughs> Wait, <what>? yeah. <laughs> common sense is not common oh my god that's yes, yes. That's all the time, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's words right out of her mouth really um, yes. <laughs> um, i have i really i've developed a skill in writing training manuals <laughs> that don't get read. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm very detail oriented and I, you know, need all of these details. And one of the things I always thought was so funny with my employees is like, I didn't start off with a handbook. I was just like, just come in, do, you know, the things you need to do. Like I am really easy going. I'm like, that's cool. And like, you know, just make clients happy, be happy when you're at work. And 
et cetera. And the handbook has just grown in size. Yeah. yeah. Every time something goes wrong, you write a new page. <laughs> and yeah, you just didn't anticipate even like needing to say that, but you know, according to a lot of laws and things you do. So, you know, as far as, um, you know, like terminations and things like that, which haven't been either, you no. know, I have, I have really hated having to terminate employees throughout my time. And, um, you know, I, I think honestly, in a lot of ways, it's probably more stressful for me than it was. For them. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's never, it's never fun. Yeah, no, never at all. Mm -mm. So that was so the hardest part is probably the people which I could probably completely agree with that. Um, yeah. And then talk to us about because you recently I saw one of your posts that you recently closed one of your locations. And I think this is really, I really want to kind of get into this. I don't know the reasons or anything. But sure. I think that people either their ego gets in the way. Yeah, that they don't close. Um, they know it like for financial reasons, they might look at their books and be like, oh, I'm not making any money, but I don't want to close because what will people think? Um, and I yeah. think people kind of like sit on that, sit on that fence for a little bit. And it's also, it's your baby too, right? So it's so hard to make that decision yeah. to move on. So talk to us about your experience and finally that decision and what it felt like for you to actually make, make that because your, your post was very moving. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so the location that I closed, so I have, I do have two, um, I, the location that I did close was one that was my first location. So it was truly my baby. And, um, wow. that, that, that was really challenging to come to that decision to, to close that one. Um, there was a lot actually that had led up to it. I, um, I don't know how how much detail you want, but I'll like answer your two points quickly. Is that no, 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 go. This is us podcast is all about you. So get right into it as much as, as you're comfortable. Yeah, sharing. absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely am. But I would say that like having to quiet, like my inner critic of like, I'm giving up on something mm -hmm. was a huge hurdle for me yeah. to have to get over because yeah. I have experienced so much challenge with this business where I refused to give up and put myself through sleepless nights and hundred hour work weeks and all of that to try to keep the business going during times when a lot of people would give up. So, you know, for it to land now on something, it, it needed to be like the right decision. And I will say that I, in the end, made the decision very logically. Um, and removed a lot of my emotion from it, which is what helped me to come to that decision. So um, the story that led up to this started pre-COVID. So I had, due to all of the um, like trials and tribulations I've experienced with my business, I had started to feel like, you know, I just want to refresh. Like I want to start over in some way. And so I had taken my original design and original branding and decided, you know what, like, I'm just going to rebrand the business, I'm going to remodel them, I'm going to, you know, find investors, I'm going to do this the right way. Like I just had the business for four years, I'm going to call that my college experience. And I'm going to say, you know what, like now I'm going into my, um, like my MBA, and I am going to um, you know, do this the way I really want to do it. So 
I remodeled both salons. I had invested into the salon. I just closed like $60,000 and it's remodeled to try to um, maximize my ability to profit. So I added a third room to that mm -hmm. location. I started with two. Um, from there, I um, had found out just a little while afterwards that I had my business reported to the city and the state um, the remodel. So inspectors came in to see if they could find anything wrong and they did. So I have, I, side note to me, I am not the type of person that gets away with anything. So <laughs> I should, <laughs> I should already know this about myself and I'm always gifted the learning experience that like, you know what, you should always do things the right way and talk, like cross your T's and dot your I's, like regardless of um, like what a good idea it sounds like at the time. So I, I did pull permits, but not for everything. And they that was quickly found when the inspectors came in. So I had two outstanding permits. Um, I was in contact with the architect and with um, the city to try to resolve these permit issues. So I was gonna go back and do everything the right way and was like, okay, you know what, like I'm at fault, like not gonna argue, just gonna do what I'm told. So um, during this time, we the building went up for sale. So now there were two, um, there were there was a new um, property owner, and that property owner wanted to ADA the bathroom, and my permit issue was kind of in the way of their issue of wanting to um, you know get the permits and all that stuff with the city and all of that, and um, so I kind of pulled myself away from that permit process um, to allow them to submit the plans that they need to submit to move forward. Um, now what then I had found out later was that, um, with their ADAing the bathroom, it was removing one of the rooms that I had just built out in the remodel. So naturally I wasn't that excited about it, but I still was willing to compromise and work with these property owners. Um, and I was like, well, like, can I put like a washer and dryer hook up in the back of the of the salon? So that way I can use that room I just built and like, they were not willing to do that. And I had asked them to, if um, I could renegotiate um, the rent. So that way in mm -hmm. forward, like things will still feel good for both of us because my lease was coming to term May of 2021. Um, and then the last thing I had asked them because just as they were thinking to go into construction, um, we were right, that was right when we were allowed to reopen. So it was that week. And so and I was like, damn it, like, could we have not have done this like three months ago? Slot was closed. And um, so I asked them for rent concession during that time. And they were unwilling to give it to me because they said that they were upgrading my space by putting an ADA bathroom in and that I should be thankful for that, um, which unfortunately I was not as thankful as they would have liked right. to be. It's <laughs> so, like assholes comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, they were, they, you know what, but I can see where they want to do the right thing in like protecting themselves by having an ADA bathroom. And so my goal was really truly just to meet a compromise with them. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have. Can you hold for a second? What is an 88 bathroom? 88. Um, so it's uh, um, being compliant for like wheelchair access. 
Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So you take like a small little bathroom and then like you put in like a wheelchair has to be able to like make like a turnaround, right? Uh, okay. So, you know, okay. Expand in its size and then like have the ability to put the wheelchair underneath the sink. So you're like removing a vanity and like when we had just bought you know, like, <laughs> stuff like that. So and you, the, the mirrors have to be down a little bit and there has to be hand railings and it just has to be handicap accessible is really what Okay. It is. So basically just another way of saying handicap accessible. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like a but it just, it just takes up a ton of room. Yeah. A ton of room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it does. And um, gosh, and just retrospect, if I had known that we were going to be going through all this, I would have never reinvested into that remodel. Of course. Yeah, exactly. And then all of that. So like, I'm like, there's got to be a silver lining somewhere. Right. <laughs> but um, anyway, so from there, I had, I just assumed I'm like, maybe the property owner just doesn't get it. Like they maybe just don't understand the hardship that this will cause my business and what I just experienced and, you know, the permit things I've been trying to go through and employee issues I've had and trouble with contractors, like, et cetera. If I, mm-hmm. if I maybe just break it down for them, maybe they'll understand. And so I wrote them an email um, just explaining what had happened and that my goal was truly just to find a compromise, but I didn't feel comfortable giving them a key to my building until we had met an agreement Mm -hmm. because once they had the key and they had already submitted plans and a lot of it was done without my knowledge, I I didn't, especially with the salon being closed, I didn't want them just to go in there and start constructing without my permission. So Mm -hmm. I wrote in the end of that email, I had told them that I don't feel currently comfortable giving you the key until we reach an agreement. And she responded like within 15 minutes and basically had said like, we've um, like given you like the option to break your lease because they've wanted me to break my lease since they moved in because they want more for that space. They mm-hmm. were, I found out from the neighbors who um, had left and a new tenant came in that they were charging 30 to 40% more than what my um, rent currently was. Um, so they wanted to, you know, make, you know, good on their investment, which is fine for them. But um, then they also had said to me too that if I don't provide them a key, then they were going to contact their attorney to serve me papers to, um, to, so that way they could get in and do the things that they needed to do because they considered them to be necessary. So I in turn hired an attorney to see if I had any rights and it turned out that I really don't. So I screwed up by really not um, having my lease extended prior to um, doing the remodel. So that was a huge lesson that I had learned because, um, you know, it just, I, I would have made different decisions if I had known that building was going to be sold otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, try, try to just move forward from there. So I then contacted one of the investors that I had and then also my dad. And both of them had told me, they were like, Wendy, 
even if your property owner is going to allow you to renew your lease and come May, which doesn't sound like they're going to because they're you know threatening legal, you don't want to be with that person anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's so many other properties and so many other places that you could be that you know you can have great landlords and great people who are willing to work with you. And I luckily do have one in my other location my property owner has been just amazing. Like, so I I know that that is truly possible. It wasn't just like some, like, you know, story somebody told me that like, Oh, it's, it could be okay. It's like, no, I I know it could be good with somebody. So, um, after having that, um, information and support, I decided to look at my P and L, um, so my profit and loss from to date, like since Mm -hmm. COVID had started and without being able to open, how much um, more I would lose and how much like max am I capable of making and then what's like a low number that I'm capable of making. And so I kind of just looked at May of next year and then worked myself backwards. And what it looked like was that I would just be fighting to break even um, if I was even allowed to open in August. And, you know, now we're mid August right now and we're still not allowed to open. So um the decision from that way is what made me choose to close it instead of keeping it till the end of my lease, because I thought that my energy was just so much better served, you know, focusing on something that's positive and um, mm-hmm, definitely yeah. as opposed to um, trying to just keep something for really what would have been my ego. 100%. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I totally get that. Yeah. And so um, that was where I had just made that decision. I was like, you know what? Like, this is okay. You know, like I, I am not, you know, like I'm not defined by having two businesses. Like mm-hmm. I could close one and I, I didn't give up. I'm not a failure. Mm-hmm. I learned so much and that can't be taken away from me. Like those experiences that I had. And though I did make mistakes, like, you know, I did learn from them. So um. I feel like I can take that knowledge like, and then put that into my one business. And then if the timing ever is right, you know, then, and the desire is still there, right. you know, yeah. to move forward and open another business, but gosh, there's just so much opportunity in this industry that like, you know, you're not defined by how many locations you have, of course, you know, or even by even what one location, you know, like if I, heaven forbid, I lost the other one, like I would still stay in the industry and, you know, do something that made me feel excited and help other people and to, you know, work on something that I'm passionate about. For sure. So I kind of feel like you were hit with like a ton of bricks. Yeah. COVID, <laughs> you, had to, you had to hire an attorney, which I've done several times and that is very expensive. Um, very, your, yeah. your reno costs of 60 grand and your contractor issues. So how did you get through this personally like where was your head at and your I mean I remember kind of going through a really rough time when COVID hit and we I had to close my businesses both in the U.S. and Canada and I remember I kind of went through like this little like depression for two weeks where like I didn't want to get out of bed oh yeah you had all of this other stuff going on at the same time so how did you get through that little hump or did did you go through a bit of a depression or whatever you want to call it I think I still am. (laughs) 
I hate to say it, but it's true. Um, really, I think for me, it's been trying to figure out why I feel depressed, you know, and that's kind of how I tend to look at a lot of problems that I have is I want to understand the why in it. And I would say that what I've come to learn about myself is that I love feeling accomplished and that I, you know, have done something and that helps me to stay motivated. Mm -hmm. And with this, it, it's been challenging because it's like, you know, you're, all I have to work on is training documents and computer work. And that doesn't appreciate you in the same way as clients or, you know, sometimes your employees, sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. So um, I've really just been trying to focus on other things too, you know, like even like today, I'm going to do the laundry and feel proud of myself and I'm going to, you know, look at a recipe mm -hmm. and do that or like yoga and meditation are huge for me and my mental health and I have to say that sometimes I don't even want to do it when I'm feeling depressed. Of course. Of course. It's like the hardest thing. It's like going to the gym when you're not feeling. It's like, it's like your depression staring you in the face. Being mm -hmm. like, Are you going to deal with me today? And you're like, Ugh, I guess so. And then once you do it, you, um, you feel better. But I think part of it for me was spending a little bit of time in the business, talking to friends, um, mm -hmm. talking to clients and having them remind me how much like, our services are needed and how happy they feel when they come in the salon and, you know, um, talking to my employees, I, I luckily didn't have to lay anyone off with closing the location. I okay. can go over to the second one and I was really nervous to call them and tell them that I was closing the location that they're familiar and familiar with working at. And they were all so supportive and so excited to come back to work and excited to, you know, still be with the business. And it, it that made me feel really good. Okay, um, that, that's amazing. That's so I was going to ask you, did you lay anyone off? And how did that go with them? And yeah, I had to lay off four with COVID when I thought yeah. we were going to be reopening. So that was mid July. And that was not an easy conversation mm -hmm. either. But it just, you know, unfortunately, just is the nature of it. And I was sure to tell them that to the girls that I did lay off. It just mm -hmm. You know, but I've always done actually a pretty good job with that, with my employees, with letting them know, like, this is the business's needs. Like, this is what you want to do or how you want to live your life. And that's okay. Both are okay. But the reason why we're working together is because we found a middle ground and we want to work together and we we're doing a good job, you know, doing that um, as a team. Um, but the second that like one of them isn't meeting the other's needs, it's okay to separate. You know, I love that. That's really good advice. Thanks. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, so I think we have, I, I mean, we always had stuff in common from the first time that we, when we met, but we even have more in common <laughs> because when I opened up my Henderson store, and I don't even think Becca knows this. When I opened up my Henderson store in Las Vegas, a few, I don't even remember how many years ago. Um, so the first one was a pop-up shop. And it did, oh. it did really, really well. And it was inside of another business. I walked in one day and they did, a, they did a midnight move. Mm -hmm. So I had to go find another location, like literally overnight. Cause we were so packed in that little pop-up shop. Oh my God. So I went and I found another location that land. And again, it was a little like pop-up shop. We rented out a room or whatever. 
that landlord came to me like three months later and he's like, I'm giving up the entire space. Like I'm peace out. I'm, I'm gone. And I was like, Oh my God. And for me, I don't know. It, it must've been a little bit of ego, but I was always thinking about the clients and I mean, you know what, I'm going to take that back. It was hundred percent ego. Cause I was like, what are the clients going to think that I've now went from like one location to another location and now I'm going to have to close. Yeah. Like not good. Yeah. So what, what do I do? I take over the entire space. Oh my God. An entire storefront I take over. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> so um, there were a whole bunch of hairdressers in there kind of like in the front and they were very problematic to us. And I never understood why, because I'm like, we're not taking any business away from you. If anything, we can be working together and promoting each other's services, but they were just so mean and they were such bullies, except for this one guy named Alvin. And I remember the day that I took over the lease, all of a sudden, everyone was my best friend because they wanted to stay in their stations. Oh. Right? They all wanted to stay and I was like, peace out ladies you should be not you should be kind to everyone because you never know what can happen and right now you're your landlord so i was like no none of you can stay absolutely right like there's just there's no reason to burn bridges and this is yeah. one of the things i've always told my employees like i would love to mentor and support all of them and i've had some open across the street from me and i want to talk about that i have notes to to definitely talk talk about that for sure because that's i've dealt with that as well um it's like i would have like if they had i mean i don't know how you can do that in a nice way but if they had like done it in more of an honest way i almost could say like you know, I see why you did that. Like, that was a good move on your end. Like, maybe not the best move, but a good move. Mm -hmm. And I still, if those employees contacted me with a question over something, I'd be happy to answer it in a way that, you know, was beneficial to them if they had a problem or to share an experience of mine or, you know, to be supportive in some way, because we all are in this industry together. And one of the best things somebody had ever told me when I had very first opened my salon, because I didn't understand what business mentors were. And I'm like, what? Like, there are people who you can just call and talk to and they'll give you advice on business. I was like, mm. oh my goodness, like what an amazing thing to have. And I um, started to develop friendships with people and even just a business that I had admired. I'd go in there and be like, can I talk to the owner and just ask them questions? Sure. Totally. People are so excited to share their stories and to you know offer support and all of that even if they're in the same field yeah and mm -hmm. uh, you know you don't have to have such a competitive mindset because no. yeah if you're meant to succeed or if you're driven to do something like you're gonna make it happen it'll work out anyway yeah absolutely yeah so, I've, al I've always preached collaboration over competition but this industry is very it's very dirty that way there's not a whole yeah. lot of collaboration whatsoever and i'm very similar to you wendy in the sense like if someone wants to go out on their own as long as they're honest with me i will help you with everything and i have all of the life experiences Absolutely. that will help you right yeah. um but yeah. yes it usually it's, it's worked out for me um one person that came to me and um, i didn't even really have to mentor her she just went out and she was super successful on her own but we're still in touch to this day and and all that and she's successful and and all of that so um but what happened with the henderson store was it's very similar so i kept alvin i kept that one hairdresser so he had made him a little station kicked everyone else out and i continued to operate 
while building two more rooms. Oh, that's kind of what, that's kind of the, this thing I got stuck with, with the, con, the construction with that location was I was operating during uh-huh. cleaning sheetrock and like, <laughs> yeah. And then oh, what happens? Oh, we get reported to the city, just like you. Like, <laughs> so everything is very um, similar in the sense of, I mean, I had licensed professionals in there, but I didn't pull the permits. Sure. Yeah. Right. So yeah. then now I'm backtracking on getting yeah. the permits while doing that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, long story short with why I decided to close that one, um, it was honestly, it was all to do with Alvin. He oh. had been like jumping around from place to place because like us, he would go in and all of a sudden the keys wouldn't work and the landlord had shut it down. And he was such a kind soul. And I remember looking at that location and even though it was only 10 minutes away from the first location that was doing so well, it's incredible how in the U.S., if you just move a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, north or south, whatever, wherever, how an area can change so quickly. Oh, for sure. And when I found it, I was just like, oh, it's 10 minutes away. It's super close. No it problem. was in yeah. such a bad area that the girls were scared to come to work. And we definitely lost a lot of clients um, up the street. Just a couple of blocks, there was like a gunman um, in the middle of a day on a Saturday. So the girls were like, I don't want to work there. I'm not feeling comfortable at that location. I was losing money at that location. But I continued to keep it open because I was like, what am I going to do with Alvin? I can't just like, I can't just like close it because of him. And I definitely Mm. kept it open longer than I should have financially until yeah. I, until I found him another spot. Yeah. Aww. I know. I know. And then I went, I found him another spot. He's still there. And I, th- I think things were going well and he's still my hairdresser when I'm in Vegas and I love him to death. Um, yeah. But that was like a really bad decision on my part financially. Sure. Yeah. To do that. So my question to you is, do you feel that you stayed open longer than you should have? I mean, I stayed open longer than I wanted to in retrospect now. (laughs) Right. You know, like if I could go back and close the salon on March 16th and um, not had gone through COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that my greatest regret now was working with the property owners to try to compromise on those Mm. permit agreements. Um, back in the springtime because mm-hmm. now they're not allowing me to break my lease until the permits are resolved. So by me wanting to work with them, then it didn't allow me to just clear it um, because they needed their permits to go through with the city um, also. So I think that I compromised what was best for me to do what was like good for somebody else too, as opposed to really crossing my T's and dotting my I's and knowing (laughs) what I needed to do to move forward. Because now I'm stuck in a little bit of a mess um, with trying to get these permits resolved. Um, And um, yeah, so that's, that's what the attorneys are helping me with now. So are you still (laughs) stuck in your lease, right? Like today? Currently. Yeah. So you have to continue to pay rent. Yeah. Currently, yeah. Oh my God. And so I just contacted my architect yesterday um, and he submitted um, 
an email to the the city saying, you know, like these are the plans, what do we need to do? Like it's just these two things that we need to fix. And then the um, city responded today saying, well, now we have new plans that were submitted in July by X person, which is the new property owners. Um, and that, so now those plans have everything in it. So, you know, these plans that you guys are submitting kind of don't make sense. But the attorney that I spoke with yesterday told me that like they, the owners wanted to separate the two, like they wanted to have my plans and their plans, but to the city, they're confused. Mm -hmm. So we're just trying to sort through this um, as like quickly as possible. And um, it's, it's interesting to know what'll happen, but um, I, I guess to really focus back in on your question, it would be to, to make more sound minded business decisions and less emotional decisions. Um, you know, like all of the time, Yeah. you know, look, look at it as black and white as I look at it when I explain to my employees, the business thesis, you guys are like that, both are okay, but this is what it is. And, um, being an emotional person, you know, as I am, I, I don't always make, you know, the, the most sound decision, you know, that's, logically for the business like first usually it's the second thing that comes to my head is the what is the business need i'm, mm -hmm. I'm taking other people's feelings um into consideration prior to making decisions and um that's something that i'm still learning to to learn how to balance i guess right mm -hmm. it's, it, yeah that's hard becca will usually hear me say I'm emotionally charged right now and I'm going to take the weekend or the day to think about it and then let's recap tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that happened last week. It was funny. She was like, I'm too upset to like say anything right now. So I'm just going to go home and we'll talk about it on Monday. <laughs> that's good though. That's, that's yeah. actually good advice to give yourself that time to really process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sleep on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard though. It's hard because, you know, it's different than working for someone else. And then it's different having it be your baby. Like that's where the emotion comes in. It's our livelihood. It's what pays the bills. It's what puts food on our table. Like it's, yeah. it's a big, it's a big, big deal. Yeah. Um, the forever of caring what people think of you in some ways, you know, mm -hmm. and learning just to be so confident in yourself and your own decisions and your nature in your intentions that you aren't so focused on like pleasing others is a, is yeah. a big but it's really crazy too because when i look at it like when i closed henderson i was like oh my god i'm such a failure this is so awful now i don't have three stores i have two stores and then i kind of looked around and i was like henry bendel closed down there were like a massive brand they closed every single store yeah. in the country yeah. You know, Starbucks closes stores all the time. I think they, I don't know, the 280 they closed last year or the year before, whatever. And no one talks about that. Like, that's not a big deal. It just, it is what it is. But we definitely put a lot of pressure on ourselves on like, you know, what will people think? Mm -hmm. And I think that might have something to do with being a woman in business. Sure. Yeah. I think there's right? something for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> so... Yeah. It's a it's an interesting thing to learn how to balance the two. Mm -hmm. So like an emotionally sensitive, compassionate person, but also be a, a businesswoman. And I don't know that those two cross that frequently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
just even having the desire to try to do good by both, um, I think is a real, you know, accomplishment in itself. Right, right. Um, so let's go, let's dive into employees a little bit and um, some of the things that have happened to you and how you've, you've handled it. So one of the things I remember you telling me, and this has happened to me time and time again, is you had someone that worked for you and they literally stole your, your database and opened up across the street. Yeah. Like how, I mean, that must've been gut wrenching. What was the most gut wrenching is probably maybe not what you would first see is that I had these employees and most of they were three, they had started with me at the kind of the beginning of the business within the first year. So I, one morning woke up, looked at my email and saw a resignation from one of them. And my like heart went to my stomach. And yeah. I was like, oh, like I am really sad to be losing that employee. And I was like, okay, like, so I wrote them an email responding saying, Hey, like, can we do an exit, like interview lunch? Like, I just kind of want to hear about your experience with me and mm-hmm. all of that. And then, um, you know, felt, felt bad, but you know, it was like, okay, like let's, let's try to move it forward. So then later on that day, I looked at my email again and I had another resignation and oh. I was again, that feeling of like, shoot, like what is, what is going on? Um, I hope that there's like not something I'm doing really bad or poorly as an owner, um, that they're just not liking. So now I really want to know. Mm-hmm. Then like the day goes on, I like went out with friends and things like that. And it's like later that night, like probably like almost close to ten o'clock and I get a third email and I'm like, what is happening? And I am just so sick. So I, I'm thinking I'm like, I hired a manager recently. Maybe that manager just was so awful. It drove them to, to want to leave. Like I must have done something really bad. So I am really just giving myself a hard time. Um, you know, what, what did I do that made them want to leave? So I'm like evaluating everything and being a really bad (laughs) inner critic of myself. So I, um, the next day I had a manager, no, it was my employee, one of my first employees as well. She called me and said, Wendy, I feel, and I'm thinking like, crap, I'm like, she's calling me, but you know, she doesn't want to send me an email. <laughs> so, but she's at least going to tell me over the phone. Right. So I call her and um, she's like, Wendy, I feel really bad, but I know that these girls, they've been, you know, telling their clients for the last couple of weeks that they're leaving and their grand opening day is actually on Monday oh. and two days from then. And I was like, Oh, and honestly, my first thought was almost a feeling of relief that I'm like, I didn't necessarily do anything wrong. They just wanted to move on to do what they wanted to do for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have those feelings of like anger or jealousy or frustration towards them in that way. It was more, um, you know, like I, I get it, but I also feel you know, upset that they did that, you know, without letting me know, because I've always had told them that I wanted to have a, have a relationship where I was able to maintain, you know, like good, Mm -hmm. you know, communication between the two and support and all of that. So I, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt bad, but I didn't feel bad in the way that you would expect somebody to feel bad. Um, and then, um, ironically enough, that was at the very beginning of the remodel. So I knew I was about to reinvest and these were three of my like very good employees. And so I had to look at myself in the mirror and ask myself like, Wendy, are you making the decision to remodel and expand because you have good staff or are you doing it because you believe in your, in your model? Mm -hmm. And I then decided, I was like, you know what, like I've been through challenge before I can be through this challenge again. And I'm making this decision because it's right for the business. Not because, you know, I'm so dependent upon very specific individuals to carry my business. Like I believed in myself and my brand. And I think that's great. That's so great to put out there to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So are they still open? I, I think so. I'm not actually sure. Um, I think they did what a lot of people want to do in the industry, which like you can't get people for is that, you know, they get their license and they say, I want to, you know, work for myself. I want to work the hours I want to work. I don't want to have to worry about coverage when I want to go on vacation. I want to see cause and effect when it comes to, you know, producing money, um, you know, yeah. things like that. And um, I, I imagine they're still in business. I don't know like how profitable they are, but mm -hmm. I imagine that if they're doing what they wanted to do, they're happy. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like honestly, what I would say to a lot of people who go and open their businesses is that like, like myself included, um, it's a lot harder than you imagine it to be yeah mm -hmm. and if you have the um ability to persevere through challenge and stay in it you earn it you know so like if they're still in business across the street they've, they've earned it like 100 mm -hmm. because i'm sure that they've experienced challenges of their own that have you know they've had mm -hmm. to decide like i still want to continue to to stay and do it and, and try new ways and to you know, pivot to different ideas that you didn't originally start out with. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They, they could be though. <laughs> I think it, I think it, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you, when you talk about, you know, people want to go into business for themselves because they want to take vacation when they want. And your employees <laughs> might see that, you know, I don't know, maybe you bought a new car or maybe, you know, you did go on a kind of a lavish vacation or you come in and you come out and you're having lunch with your girlfriends and stuff. It looks very, easy and it looks very profitable right. but no no one really knows you know you know the nights that you're up till two three o'clock in the morning looking at your reports you know some of the you know so i remember the early stages on am i going to make my rent am i going to i remember transferring money back and forth between businesses or even my personal accounts to make sure that i made payroll absolutely like people yeah. don't think about it and they don't see that and we don't talk about it they just see like oh wendy went on vacation and she just bought a new car i don't know i'm just using that as an example i want to have that i want to be that so i'm going to open my own yeah. business and this is what it's going to look like for me yeah. you know they don't know the challenges I have jokes with my employees like from i'm like if you had any idea sure Oh, did you cut out? That's crazy. I didn't hear. I didn't hear that last one. Internet on my end over here. Oh yeah, just froze a little bit. Okay, back. Oh wait, here we go. Yes. Okay. 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 Joke connection is on. There we go. Joking with your employees. That's right. That's where we lost you. Oh I think. yeah. Gosh, I was like, if 
I was put into like how many hours I put in. Like I, I make less than minimum wage. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You you have to do this because you're passionate about it and because you enjoy it. It's it's not for the money at all. Like you no. hope that like you're able to you know like live a life that's comfortable and that you feel proud of. Mm -hmm. Um, but you, I don't know that you can open a business, any type of business, just because you want to make money doing it. There has to be passion somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Small business is tough. Yeah. It's very, very tough. Um, especially like in BC where, where we're at here, um, in Vancouver and in California, like it's, it's very, very tough with, when you look at taxes and rents and all of that as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, California doesn't make it. <laughs> no, no, it's very, BC is very similar. So I, I totally get it. Um, I've got a question for you in regards to employees, because uh, you seem very easygoing. You seem like you give a lot of chances. You're not very hard. I don't think you expect a whole lot. When is, when is it too much? Like how many chances do you give and when do you finally know, or do you know when it's time to part ways? I'm losing you a little. Uh-oh. American internet. There you go. Can you hear me? We got you. Can you hear me? You're back. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> How many chances do you give? Yeah. When do you know it's, it's like when it's just you're burnt out? You're like, I've given this person so many chances. I'm done. Like, when do you know that it's time to move on? I mean, I would say that this has been an evolution <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and that I would probably give chances to the point where it was unfair to employees at the beginning of it, you know, where yes. you finally did say, this is my boundary and my limit, like they didn't understand it. So I could say that um, after experiencing some of those situations where they felt like they were misled because they've been given one, two, three chances. And then finally you're mad, like, or not mm -hmm. mad, but like just done yeah. um, that it doesn't make sense to them. So I've really focused now on having really clear guidelines with my employees and yeah. I'm letting them know, you know, like this is the expectation. Um, but you know, as, as clear as I can be before there's any, like challenge in general or anything has gone wrong. And then from there, I'll, if they do do something like I'll sit down and say, Hey, like, do you, did you understand like this policy? Like, I know that you read it and you signed this, but mm -hmm. did you really understand? Like, let's talk about it. Like, okay, no, I really understand. Okay, good. Are you okay doing that? Yeah. Okay, good. So then um, from there, when they didn't do it the, the, the second time, it's like, okay, now this is like becoming a problem. And this is something that the business needs. So if you're comfortable to do this, like that is amazing. And if you're not, and that's just something that you're, you're just not interested in doing, then, you know, like that's okay too, but this is where we would draw the line. And then the employee then would say, no, no, I still want to do it. And then by the third time, I would say, you know what, this just isn't um, a good fit. And three, there's three strikes, you're up. These are reasons why, yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I've had situations too that are just so blatantly wrong that you're like, this is an immediate boundary and yeah. like we can't see past that and things like dishonesty mostly. Yeah. 
um, you know, doing things that are like potentially extremely harmful for a business, things, things like that. So I guess it's the severity um, of the issue and like how much damage it could do to the businesses, um, how I would say like if it's a one chance, two chance or three chance, but typically like three is the is the number of like we've 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 we've, we've talked about it. We we know like it's clear and this just isn't a good fit anymore. So I started to see things um in regards to managing employees as a lot more black and white, but that also involved me having to learn a lot about what these, you know, potential boundaries are. Yeah. <laughs> these issues are. And you often don't know a lot of these issues when you're a first time business owner or very new. Um, and so it's taken me a long time to really understand um, you know, what how to be more clear in hiring and how to be more clear, you know, in our policies and things like that and, you know, what's expected of somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're very similar. We kind we kind of do that three strikes, three strikes, you're out type thing. But I wanted to kind of see what your yeah <laughs> your procedure is. It's always good to know, right? What someone else else's procedure is and how they deal with it and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, um, because like I I would say it's like not like for me it's not as sharp as three strikes. It's like it's it's the reasoning behind the three strikes. No, absolutely. It's not just like you screwed up three times, so you're done. It's like well, no, it's like we just we want to we want to reach a place where like we're both happy. Yeah. yeah, that's ultimately the goal. Like, you don't want someone working for you who's not happy or doesn't enjoy their 100%. job. You know, yeah. you want somebody working with you because like their energy is positive and they're happy to be there. Yeah. Oh, and that you're both learning and like providing something to each other. You don't want it one sided. Of course, of course. No, that totally makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So, Wendy, um, just to wrap things up, what is your advice to people that are kind of sitting on the fence right now? Maybe their ego is on the way. Business is not good. They maybe don't want to close, but they should close. What is your piece of advice to those listeners right now? Gosh, I guess it would be just to eliminate the scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, really know that if there's something that you're really passionate about and that you're excited to work towards, like it doesn't have to be in this situation that's happening right now. Um, And to really believe in yourself and to not just focus on failure, but that like you really, you know, if, if the opportunity again, like is meant for you to, to do, it'll represent itself. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think having like more focus on like good and the things that make you happy as opposed to, um, you know, like trying to fight through something that is just clearly going downhill, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is sometimes I think enough to know that it's time to leave. So um, I, those reasons I think vary from person to person. And like I was looking at PL, looking at like what, you know, what type of people am I going to be working with in the future? Do mm-hmm. I want to work with those people? You know, so I was able to logically find like the criteria that I needed to break it down. But mm-hmm. ultimately it came down to like um, quality of life and how I want to spend my time. And, I love that. You know, I love that. And meditate. And meditate. Yeah. So any advice on how you meditate? Is there anything that you use? Is there an app? Is there like, do you just sit? What's your, what's your advice to people on meditation? 
Um, I typically will try to find some type of an affirmation that's mm -hmm. fine. That's maybe a few, like a sentence or two, even a quote or something. And I will just sit and tell myself, I'm going to repeat this 10 times. And I'll like hold my thumb for the first time I say it. And then my index finger and then my middle and then my ring and then my pinky and then like go through it again. And that's how I like keep track of where I am. Yeah. Um, but for me, focusing on words is a lot yep. easier than trying to just sit with my mind silent because that's basically impossible for me. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I get that. I get that. <laughs> and honestly, even though I'm like saying these things, sometimes I do go back into thoughts and I have to remind myself like, oh, okay. Okay. Like, okay, you're going to think again. But I've also read too, that when you have those like random thoughts during meditation, they're actually good. Yeah. Um, oh. It's your brain trying to tell you that like, you know, they're trying to help you to problem solve or to think of something that's going to help you with, you know, oh. something that you're trying to process. So you try, I try to forgive myself from those thoughts and then be like, okay, back on track. <laughs> you know, yeah. Go through. But yeah. It, it has helped. I would say when I, when I take the time to do it, which I'm not perfect at. <laughs> I love that though. That's great advice. So any of our listeners out there, if you want to follow Wendy on social media, she's at Wendy L I N 73 and her business is bear wax lounge. Um, Wendy, thank you so much for joining us today. I think you brought so much valuable information to our listeners and, and I think you've helped a lot of people that maybe kind of feel alone right now and, you know, maybe think that no one else is going through the same thing. And I think you've provided a lot of insight. So I really appreciate your time today and joining us on the Between Both Cheeks. Uh, Becca, where can our listeners find us and listen to us? Anywhere you listen to podcasts, so Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, apps or websites. If you have an Apple device, you can do it through Apple Podcasts. And if you are listening there, please write us a review. Otherwise, you can follow us at Between Both Cheeks and emails to comments at betweenbothcheeks.com. Everyone stay positive. Make sure you meditate. Words of affirmation. Good night and thank you for listening.